DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. James Franklin, Penn State football coach, making news yesterday, said that if state governments and medical experts allow a majority of schools within a conference to play football, they should play, even if COVID-19 restrictions prevent a few other teams within the same league from returning. And Franklin says, I can't imagine that right now we're all going to be open at the same time. Do you think the NCAA is going to be flexible enough to allow multiple college football seasons and just forget the restrictions? And if some people have to play in the spring and some people play in the winter and some play in the fall for one year, it's okay? Because we were talking about earlier how stuff's jacked up. Okay, so the Masters is in November. All right, fine. I'm over it. So baseball plays 80 games and crowns a champion or plays 45 games and crowns a champion. Okay, I'm over it. And the NBA season is cut off at, uh, I don't know, 68, 73, or 77 games. Fine. Best of five first-round playoff series. Okay. I'm adaptable right now. But is the NCAA going to be that adaptable and let all these schools play different times? Because they need to get the games in. Even if they can only get in six or eight or ten games instead of the full 12. Otherwise, a bunch of people in these schools are going to lose their jobs. And whose pro people need to lose their jobs? I think there'll be so much pressure on the NCAA to get out of the way yeah. that I don't think they're going to really have a say in what's out there and what can be done. I think most people understand the nature of the situation, and I think that with that in mind, they're going to be, what's that word, amenable to just about anything that's out there that gives us something. Because if it's a scrap, well, it's better than nothing. And, you know, I think people get upset at the professional level when things are not normal due to a strike or lockout. Uh, uh, right. Yeah. But you go back to uh, an earthquake. You know, uh, what was that in the eighties? Eighty-nine. Yeah, and so there was the, the pitching was jacked up. So it wasn't a true World Series, and I think it was against Oakland and San Francisco, right? The it same was. region. Yep. So it, it, I don't remember, but I think there was uh, some there was some they, downtime. They that you played two. Have. They played two games. It was Game Three when the earthquake happened, and then they had like I don't know what it was, but it was about a week off, give or right. take. So that obviously messes with the rotations and pitching. Obviously, is so just critically important in baseball so you could pitch a smaller amount and pitch your best guys if they have a week off in between games and i think under that circumstance people rolled with it because well it was an earthquake and it was a devastating earthquake that hit the bay area you know one of the worst that they've had in modern times so you understood that but yeah if there's that strike and lockout i think Myself as a sports fan, I think I represent a lot of folks. You get irritated by it. It's like, wait a second, you folk aren't making enough money here. You're fighting over some more money. It's ridiculous, you know. And the and the, you know, the, the regular guy is trying to survive week to week, and you're not doing that. But then here, to me, in this circumstance, if they just played the play and they didn't even have a playoff, whatever, in NBA it would most likely have the the soonest playoff, right? Because their season was uh, the furthest along, uh, so to speak. And so they're closer to their postseason. So even if they didn't have it, if they, they just played games, I would accept it. I would accept it under these sets of circumstances in which we live in, that, that it would be fine. Or if they had some concocted thing where – they just had an east and a west, 
and they just separated those two, and so there wasn't the travel, and the East played the East, and the West played the West, and then that was it. And I'm just making stuff up as I go here. I I think that I would I'd sign off on that. The whole idea is just to get back and to run around and to make a tackle and to make a shot uh, and to catch a ball and to kick a ball, whatever whatever it might be. This is the idea of that they're back is something that will that will that will be the actual cause for celebration for me. The fact that they're back is where it's at as opposed to how is it going to end? And that's one of the reasons why we love the sports. How is it going to end? How when I get to that point, what am I going to be able to have experienced as a fan? A bunch of fun stuff, likely. I don't know exactly specifically what that fun stuff is going to be, but I know I'm in for some fun stuff as a sports fan. Well, if I don't have that, the whole idea of them just being back, I could live with that. And the way I'm looking at it is there's going to be a time here in the future that's just going to be a whole lot of fun. You know, you speak of the Masters in November. Well, I would very much like to be having NFL football and college football. And who knows? The World Series might be being played at that point, you know? Because that's the first week in November, I think, is uh, when they're going to be doing it. And so maybe they stretch it out uh, uh, a few more weeks. There's been talk of that anyway. I don't know if that's going to happen, but there's been talk of that. And I'm thinking, man, that's going to be a potpourri. I'm going to be sitting there. My thumb is going to be sore because I'm going to be flicking like crazy. And that's going to be an awesome time. And I look forward to that time. You know, it'll be interesting to see how the NFL handles this because I think Franklin, uh, at its core, makes a strong point that we're definitely seeing different regions of the country and different cities hit at different times, right? It's trending. New York's been hit the hardest, but it's trending better there. New Orleans and Michigan were hit hard really early, but they trended better sooner than New York did. But now there's other places who are seeing the most uh, illnesses and deaths that they've seen, and their numbers are going up while New York and New Orleans and Michigan are going down. So to his point, the thought that everybody's going to be on the same page, man, the math is on his side that, that would seem like, you know, in a few months, who knows, but it would seem like he's spot on. So I get how college football might be set up a little better than the NFL to handle this. How will the NFL handle this? if some places can play and some can't. Because the NBA is set up to handle this because they're all going to one place. So that takes out the whole home road and travel thing. But, you know, what if you can play football in Arizona but you can't in California? You know, how does what happens then to the NFC West, right? Obviously, you know, with the Cardinals. So well, they play, they, the NFC West comes to Phoenix. Maybe. And maybe so. Maybe when you... <laughs> <laughs> Your sister's fine. We got 14 home games this year. This is weird. <laughs> Roll with oh, it. Yeah. That's what we're I doing. Mean, it, would be, it would be an unusual set of circumstances yeah. there, and I, they would figure out something. But I think everybody's flexible. Well, it, we've seen it happen because they had really bad fires in Southern California one year, and uh, the Chargers moved the game. I think it was the Dolphins, but it was somebody. And the Chargers played a home game in Phoenix one weekend because the air pollution was so bad from all the fires in California. So, you know, one year you had seven home games. Uh, deal with it. I mean, it's like the earthquake. It's out of your control. Yeah, and so here, people will just be excited that it's back. I think our listeners, they desperately want it back. Want it back to whatever extent it can be. Get this, Utah actually plays Utah State. 
No. Now, Scotty G had said that uh, that when they announced Utah State announced that series with Oregon, uh, what was it? Was it a two for one or something? Yeah. And he said uh, it, they was, all, it was announced as a two for one. Financially, it's uh, it's, it's a, a home, home and home and a buy and game a, and a money game. Yeah. But yeah, they announced okay. it as a two for one. I mean, you know. It's a snake. It's a legless lizard. Okay, whatever. PR, baby. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine, sure. And he said that his sources, and he obviously has them in Logan, had told him that Utah State offered that to Utah, and they said no. So now in a one-off when they need a game. A pandemic will force those two teams to play. I'm up a, for it. A great rivalry, which... The snooty Pac-12 has said, no, not going to happen. But yet Oregon is going to go to Logan. And I actually covered a game in which Oregon played Utah State in Logan. Way back when. That was before Oregon got really good, right? They'd gotten good. They just hadn't gotten really good. They weren't elite level. Uh, They were were cheating, but not to the level that they Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. They were uh, they had winning records, but they, they weren't. Were, they were doing normal cheating. They weren't doing the double digit win seasons. It wasn't in that run. No, was it Harrington? Was he the quarterback then? I think they had a. I don't remember future pro quarterback who ended up being a bust, which is basically any number of Oregon quarterbacks, save Dan Fouts, who have uh, been busts in the NFL. I mean, no program has had more busts from quarterbacks in the NFL than Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) Stop Uh, me if I'm wrong. Who was the the kid who went, like, number two to Cincinnati and then flamed out and never did anything? Achilles. Achilles Smith? Achilles Smith, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And Mariota, you'd have to say, has been a bust. Oh, he's been a disappointment. Yeah, there's no way around that. That hasn't gone well. I mean, he lost a starting job. You're not supposed to do that when you're – the Heisman to, Trophy winner in your draft to some dude who they tried to who they literally moved to receiver in college. <laughs> He's a and, white guy, so it didn't get much mention. But Tannehill was playing receiver in college, and now he's got the gig. <laughs> so the game in Logan was two thousand one. So that does sound like Harrington. Yeah, I know that's the, that's the year I covered Utah State. Okay, I was in uh, Death Valley. On a plane two days before 9-11, because they played that weekend on Saturday, and on Sunday I left, and then two days later the nation blew up. Uh, so, yeah, the, 2000, I, the 2001 season, Kevin Curtis was on that team, and uh, they had a decent quarterback, I think Fuentes, and uh, was the kid uh, up north, the running back, White, was pretty good. Emmett White, yep. Yeah. Yeah, they they had a decent team actually uh, that season. I don't know that they if they had a 500 record, but they had some players on that team for sure. And they were they were independent that year, I think. Uh, and so I covered them. Well, at the end of the season, I got uh, pulled off and started doing some more BYU because that's that's when they were really good. They had it going on with uh, Brandon and Staley. And that deadly combination that those two guys had, so yeah, that was that was fun times. But Oregon did go into Logan and is now going to come back. When are they coming back? When is that year? Do you remember? Twenty-seven, twenty-eight, and twenty-nine. I looked it up. The game in Logan is the middle game in twenty twenty-eight. Oh, that'll be huge. 
at that time. So what do we got? Eight years to go? Yeah, that, I mean that, that's just gigantic. Yeah. Utah won't go to Logan, but they'll go to Laramie. Makes no sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> None. Zero. I can't spin it. And I can spin a lot of the stuff. You know, originally when Utah State was upset, I'm like, you know, if they want to go to San Diego, Fresno, and San Jose and up their presence in California to help recruiting, I get that. I yeah. get that, right? And if they want to go to Texas and play Houston and play Baylor, I get that. That makes sense to me. Northern Illinois and Wyoming, I can't explain this. The others, I'm like, eh, you know, Logan, you're in Logan, and San Diego's in San Diego, and they recruit down there. So, too bad. But they don't recruit anywhere around DeKalb, Illinois. <laughs> they just don't do it. That's why I think you're a little short-sighted, because I think eastern Wyoming is really just blowing up and recruiting. It's a virgin <laughs> area. <laughs> the Denver, Denver's just sprawling. <laughs> That's some sprawl. <laughs> oh, I think, uh, yeah, you're, uh, you're going to have... People along the front range flock north. You watch. So the uh, that deal, I don't know if they offered them the same dates. I'd have to talk to Scotty. I don't know. Uh, I saw him tweet something about that. Right. Uh, but 2028, they're already booked up. Dixie's the money game, and they got BYU, and they're at Arkansas. Speaking of Utah? For the Utes. Now, 2027... They do have one slot open for a home game. And, you know, maybe they could have slid these games to different years. So I don't know what they have. In- oh, if you wanted it to get done, it could have could, been Right, done. exactly. Yeah. I mean, you, you might have to move it out to 2030 or whatever, but you could still get it done. So what? I mean, teams are now scheduling, and doesn't BYU have some games that they're scheduling in the 30s? Yeah, so does Utah. Utah's home and home with the LSU 2031 and 2032. 31-32? Yep. Man, at that point, Orgeron will have zero voice left. <laughs> uh, Oregon's got one game in 2030. They've got Michigan State. So, yeah, schools are, schools are getting out there. Didn't Notre Dame and Michigan draw their schedule out to there? Into I the think 30s? 34, 35 for that them. That sounds so weird. Clemson's like got something out there, too, I think. But these games have been getting done five to seven to ten years in advance. And when you look at future schedules, pretty much everybody's done the next five years. So... I don't really have a problem with Utah not playing in Logan as long as they're not playing in San Jose, DeKalb, and Laramie. Even even San Jose I get. I mean, it's a terrible program, but you're recruiting Northern California and you only go there every other year. So if you plug a game in San Jose into a year, you normally wouldn't be there. I kind of get that. I, I get yeah, that it's not everything to the kids in Northern California, but it's probably something to some kids. I, I, so. Yeah, I just don't know about that. I don't know anybody who's going to make their decision. I'm going to go to Utah they because they're coming to the South Bay area of the Bay Area in uh, 2013. I mean, I, I just I mean, you, you got some of the best players. Their best running back came from Florida, and they got nowhere near Florida. Yep, true story. It's uh, Morgan always says that that stuff matters. It matters a little to one kid, not at all to another, and a lot to a third. You just can't predict. So I get, I, I get the bonus trips to California, but you still got the Northern Illinois and Wyoming, which just smack of a game of musical chairs, and you had a date open, and everybody else was either scheduled or said, there is no way we are ever playing you, Utah. Forget about it. And so they were left with Wyoming and Northern Illinois. I don't know how else, but I can't believe that Utah State would have ever said that to them. 
it's even more preposterous in basketball, and I'm hoping that the situation with this pandemic has helped people come to their senses that you don't need to fly all over the country. Don't bring in. Why the- in the world are you not playing Utah State? Because you want to play Mississippi Valley State. It makes no uh, you're, sense. You're not. You lose to them. It's not going to hurt your ranking. Whereas playing you, Mississippi Valley State is going to hurt your ranking. Yeah, we've had Ken Pomeroy on and say that literally you can't beat them bad enough to offset yeah. the numbers they bring to the table as a bad basketball team. You just you can't beat them bad enough. The second you step onto the court, you slide in the rankings and you there can't There should be some it. type of rule that all in-state teams should be playing each other. And Utah Valley, include Utah Valley. Certainly the northern Utah teams, you know, whether Dixie – if you want to go down there in southern Utah, that's a little bit more of a journey. Uh, so. It's still a bus ride, though, and you can still play it. If you're going to bring some, if you're going to truck someone in for a money game, it might as well be them. The, okay, for them to come to you, I'm talking about you going to them. I know. I get that Utah isn't going to go. Utah isn't going to go play big sky teams and, and below on the road. They're not going to do I, it. I, but I think that's wrong. I think in our situation, I don't see any problem with them going to Weber. That's going to be one of Weber's biggest crowds. Sure, but they only need seven road games at this point because they're playing 20. Or they, I mean, they need like seven non-conference and, games. So I don't right, think. I got gotcha. you. But that, to me, that's that makes more sense financially, and we're taking a huge hit financially than going to play Wake Forest. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, maybe something that, something that can come from this is that we need to readjust and we just don't spend money without any thought of ramification of money. So you, yeah, know, you, you can't you can have it. a you, can't you can sp- have a big time game with Kentucky. And I just randomly picked Wake well, Forest. Yeah. But and the, but the rest of them do, do you need that? Well, you can't spend it like you got it. Well, you don't got it anymore. And so why not play these games that uh, Weber State, Utah Valley, <laughs> so Utah State. In the middle of this segment, you threw out, they got games into the 2030s. So, you know, basically you rang the bell and like one of Pavlov's dogs, I'm just slaughtering all over it. BYU has actually scheduled the game out to 2035. I that, thought they is did. Is that Boise? Uh, Stanford. Oh, Stanford. Boise's just 2034, and you got confused. Okay. Yeah. Tighten up the act, y'all. So Stanford's Let's, out there. Stanford. I thought they did. Yeah. yeah I, I, I couldn't remember which school, oh, no. but I thought I remember they, hearing They extended it. that series out. I remember mm-hmm. them now. Yeah. Stanford, 2035, baby. And actually, the, uh, the Cougars, if they were in a league, which by 2030, who knows, right? They'd be booked in 2030. They got three non-conference games. If you're in a league that's playing nine games at that point, you're done. Now, obviously, wow. if you're an independent, you got a lot of games to schedule. Yeah, but so. see, they, they, they realize at that point that they'll be playing a Pac-16 game. They know what they're doing. <laughs> the Pac-16. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk with Craig Bowlerjack next. Joe Ingles is coming up at 9 o'clock on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK, it's time now to talk with Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Bowler, good morning. Hello, David. Hello, PK. Hey, hey what was that song? That, that was a good pick-me-up. Was that, was that uh, Will Smith? No. That's Bust a Move by a young Bust MC. Bust a Move. Ah. Should have known that. Sorry, PK. Sorry. <laughs> we'll let it slide this time. 
Yeah, thanks. That felt good, though. So, Bowler, you were on the uh, you were on the uh, Zoom call, the Zoom press conference with Dennis yes. Lindsay, and <laughs> at the end, you asked him about TV, and he gave you a long non-answer. And I was right. curious if you think he knows the answer and didn't want to say it, or if he suspects it and doesn't want to, um, you know, basically guess, or if he really doesn't know the answer. And I'm curious the same three things about you, how much you suspect you know the answer. The question was, what's local broadcast going to look like when the NBA returns, basically? Right. So right. what do no, you know? What do you, yeah, what do you know or yeah. suspect, and what do you think he knows or suspects or maybe doesn't know and doesn't want to comment on or what? My, my personal thought is that he probably has been hit with about a dozen different scenarios, so the real answer is still unknown. And again, not to get into it, he probably just uh, was, you know, he, you know, he walked around the question. That's okay. I get it. I mean, there is so much uncertainty, uh, and I'm sure he has ideas, but yet there's no plan in place. And that's basically what I've heard as well. You know, we've heard the scenario of Vegas. We've heard a scenario of, uh, you know, Florida uh, that's been rumored. Uh, they want to keep, you know, the families together, which would probably mean that, uh uh, the Disney Resort in Orlando may work out better than Vegas. But then again, you know, reading online this morning, you know, some owners are maybe in, maybe some owners aren't in. Um, testing still is an issue, asymptomatic players. And huh, I, I just think there's multiple plans, but there's really no there's really no clear path, I guess is the best way to put it. And it's frustrating because I think all of us, all of us, would like to go back to work, and fans want to see, you know, the NBA, and they want to see Major League Baseball. And now we're creeping up, you know, on on the college football season and and uh, the National Football League, and there's still a lot of uh, questions that, you know, that are unanswered. And I just don't know if there's any answers to those questions right now. Well, those broadcast situations would they just be for this season, or would there be any long term stuff come from it? That's a great question, PK. That's you know it's concerning for me. Um, I, I think probably it'd be for the playoffs if they do bring the playoffs. Um, you know, in June or July, um, they'd really have to start up practice right now. Really, guys, what's today? Uh, Thursday, May seventh. There was a plan of twenty-five days of prep, so it'd have to be soon uh, with the facilities open that everybody's on board. That's the key. You just can't have a few clubs, you know, working out. It basically has to be a, a league-wide agreement that they go back to work and put the players, you know, in their paces. But, uh, you know, they've never been – Adam Silver has not had a, uh, you know, a drop-dead date, so to speak, yet on the season. So I guess you've still got time. It's just not privy to know when – they could actually play the rest of the season, and I think it'd basically just be the playoffs. Um, and then, of course, you'd have to start considering when do you start up a new season, the 2021 campaign. And you know, that, again, you, you always hear Christmas uh, would be the Christmas Day game kickoff would be a ratings bonanza. Uh, you know, and obviously, um, you know, a financial gain for all. So. Again, a lot of ideas, but the path is yet to be uh, to be cleared. I agree the path hasn't been cleared. I have seen some projections, partly because, you know, it's a calendar and you can count, right? Everyone can do right, that. Right, right. So the, the NBA could play the rest of the regular season 
and all the playoffs in 88 days because you take out uh, the travel. Right, because they're all going to be in one right. place. So you can right. really you can play more often because you don't have to allow for the travel and the time to recover from the travel. And so I saw a schedule that said they could play everything out in 88 days, and that they could finish in. If you're going to finish in, that's basically three months, right? But if you're going to finish in mid September, then you need to start in mid-June. If you want to finish September 8th or 9th, which puts you right before the start of the NFL season, if it starts on time, then you need to start by June 8th or 9th. Now, to your point, boy, June 8th or 9th now, I mean, you're basically four months away. Or four yeah, you're, four well, weeks away. The 25-day plan, DJ. I mean, right. So it's, you know, you've it's got go maybe time. six or seven days right. of wiggle room right now. So talking to somebody who said, yeah, I don't see the 82 games happening. But if you get to 74 games, you drop eight games, that's basically dropping 16 days. That still is possible. So uh, the other thing I think is, um, you know, Getting everybody on the same page, I don't know that they have to because I'm not totally convinced that they have to take 30 teams to Vegas or Orlando or you know Walt Disney World, wherever they go to play agreed, these. Agreed. That they might take 16, just the playoff. Now, maybe they'd say, hey, we'll take the top 10 in each conference and let 9 and 10 try to you know play their way into the 8th spot. So maybe you only take 20 teams, maybe you take 24, I don't know. So, you know 16, 20, 24, 30 beats me. Uh, PK and I have been talking about this for days now, like Whatever. Whatever you think you can pull off, something is better than nothing. And most of the public, the media, whoever else is going to roll with whatever you can do. I don't think there's going to be a lot of complaining. Well, why couldn't you do a little more? Heck, if you can do mm-hmm. something, we'll take it. You know what, DJ PK? I think the most intriguing thing is I look at this schedule that I always keep you know, handy. Just uh, you know, I like to always just reference stuff. But you know, the 18 games, including the Oklahoma City game that wasn't played, if you're looking at playoff pairings and the Jazz are the four and OKC's at the five, would you take games and let's say you don't play New Orleans and Memphis, but you play OKC, you play the Lakers twice, you'd play Dallas, you would forget Atlanta, Chicago, and Cleveland, Portland, no, Denver, yes, Clippers, yes, OKC and Denver. So, you know, if you wanted to pare it down into conference play, yeah, uh, and teams that are actually vying for those playoff spots and impact, you know, the standings. And if the Jazz didn't play the Lakers, or they didn't play the Clippers, or they didn't play the Nuggets, and those are the three teams that really intrigue the Jazz in positioning, then you know that makes sense to play to see if the Jazz can either jump from a four to a two, uh, maybe above, or what if they fell from a four to a six. Uh, I mean, those are all options on the table if you can sit, if you continue to play the remainder of the season in a condensed way, or you just go ahead and play the playoffs as as they are lined up now. That's another. Those are two options, I guess. But the first one, I think, is a little bit more of an undertaking. More games, more more time. But if they have the time, some teams may want to have an opportunity to move up, or they could take the chance of moving down in the way of the standings. But as you and I talked earlier this week, I mean, this would be really no home court advantage for anyone. I mean, this is a neutral site so with no fans. So really the seedings are intriguing, but at the same time, you really don't have the advantage home or away. Listening to Dennis Lindsay and all three of us were on that Zoom conference call. Did it, in my mind it did, but how about in your mind in terms of putting to bed and making it the dead issue, the Gobert-Mitchell thing? 
Yeah, I thought he was, you know, it was the first question asked out of the gate, and I thought, you know, it had to be asked, and I'm glad, uh, I think it was Andy uh, Larson for the trip who did it. Yeah. And it was um, a question that, you know, had to be, and he expected that. But, no, I thought he took it, tackled it, and I thought he uh, just, you know, made it pretty clear. They've discussed things as a team. They have their, quote, Zoom calls as well, which is pretty popular nowadays uh, to communicate with everybody. And um, he he seemed not to walk around the question, PK. That was my, my thought when we all listened in and, I thought he was upfront about the fact that they they're going to work it out. They're on the same page and the same goal, and I think that's what fans want to hear. The other part of it too, you know, he made mention of you know the financial commitment that's coming, and you know the Jazz have been pretty fair in the salary structure of late, uh, as the Millers you know want to make sure the, their money is used correctly as they build towards a championship. But now the big commitment is coming. And uh, that's that's if you have two players not on the same page and you have some big, big decisions to make. And I thought he downplayed that somewhat. But a super max and a max around the corner, that's a big commitment. And he has to know that these two guys are willing to, if they haven't already worked it out, will and will be able to coexist on the floor uh, and, and make this thing work. If not, they've got to make some big decisions because it's too much of a financial burden if they don't. So all the chemistry issues, whatever they are now, I think we've all been around this long enough. Winning improves the chemistry. Losing wrecks the chemistry. It's a, it's a pretty Spot common on. story. And there's probably a few outlier examples of teams that won and fought and teams that lost and got along great. But it's not the way it usually works. And I think that looking at the way, you know, back to what you said about the schedule and the playoff structure, you know, this team's going to feel one way going into the offseason if they go to Orlando, drop the sixth, and lose in the first round. And they're going to feel another way if they go to Orlando and climb to third and win in the first round and then upset the Clippers. PK was just watching a replay of the Clipper game. Now, can they really pull that off? That seems really optimistic. Yeah, well, top shelf you know, expectations and then the, the bottom, the worst scenario. Now, the truth will usually fall somewhere in the middle, so probably won't be either one of those things. But when you look at those, you know, the two extremes happening, you can see team chemistry changing a lot, not just for those two, based on either one of those results. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest key here is which team, guys, if they do play, actually find their chemistry back the quickest. And uh, those, you know, and again, it's a dangerous situation for chemistry. Some teams uh, were on a roll, others were not. Some were injured, now they've healed. It really puts it all more kind of on an even keel if they do play. And it's going to have to be a quick adjustment. And you're, you can't say, well, we'll get it. No, 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 you can't find your chemistry. No, you've got to have it uh, if you're going to you know, bounce to the highest level in this league. And so that's going to be, I think, maybe the biggest challenge, uh, not only getting back into basketball shape. And we haven't even talked about some of the concerns I was just reading on ESPN.com, you know, that the ownership groups are maybe still trying to figure this out. And their concern is, giving the players enough time, and is it, a, is it worth it to risk potential injury uh, if they get the 25 days and they can't really replicate basketball uh, with no preseason type of you know competition. It's basically you know five on five in a uh, you know in a, in a practice facility. Yeah, you can get up and down the floor and break a sweat, but it still doesn't replicate 
you know, real NBA game. And how, how much of these guys stayed in shape over the last two months? We don't know. I mean, even though the Jazz have said they've shipped out equipment, you know, they've, they've worked with them on diet and, and daily routine. But until you actually see them, I think it's a real concern because these are big investments, as we all know. I didn't get an opportunity to ask a question. That's fine. The question that I would have wanted to ask was this time off that they're having, you know, the dead time in terms of no games right now. Hopefully they'd be in the second round and we'd be all focused on that. But we don't have that. So I'm wondering how this time impacts decisions that they have to make immediately. And say, like, for instance, a Clarkson free agents deal. And then also, right. you know, what to do as far as draft. How do you think this time is affecting that? Are they, is it making them more prepared, or are they chasing ghosts? What do you think about that? PK, I, I think it's got to be difficult. I mean, the Jazz, as you know, I mean, every summer, they probably have the most players visit their facility than anybody else in the NBA. I mean, it's upwards of the 80s, 90s, I think a couple of Years ago, they reached a hundred players making visits, you know, visits in for uh, some workouts. So, I don't see how you can even replicate that on a virtual workout. You know, hey, let me zoom you in and go and let me watch you do your thing on the floor. I mean, I think it makes everybody's job more difficult and more of a roll the dice mentality. I also wonder, honestly, and I'll say this out loud, with the financial uh, commitments that are coming, how deep do the Jazz really want to jump into the draft? Do they use picks, trade them? Uh, do they want to make financial commitments uh, to a 24th or 5th pick? I mean, I don't know. That's a, and that's something I, I don't even have a clue on what they're thinking. I mean, they're always looking to, yes, um, they were pretty busy last season, as we all know, and they were in, they're, in the, they're in the mindset of developing players. So they may take... Uh, their pick and use it but also it's a financial commitment as well and I just wonder how that plays into the into their equation of of uh, what they have how they can use the money better like you said for Clarkson or is it something that they have you know already mapped into their into their plan into into their equation so it's it intrigues me but I I think it's got to be the most difficult time to be a scout and to make some pretty tough decisions on a player uh, that you're going to take that maybe you, you haven't seen, except maybe in January, maybe in February, uh, you, you you made a trip around the country and you saw a couple of guys in the Pac-12, Big 12, whatever it may be, and you saw them play. But uh, it's still not the same as camps and getting personal workouts. Yeah, and those in-person interviews. I don't think the Zoom yeah. interview is the same thing. I mean, it's better than nothing, but it's not the same thing. But, hey, I guess this is why they're flying Walt Perrin all over the place in December and January, right, in February. Exactly. Yeah. So. Walt's never around. And, you know, he makes trips and Dennis joins him on occasion. And, you know, Dennis has been on trips, uh, you know, and stops off and we'll be in New York and he'll go watch, uh, you know, uh, Big East basketball and, you know, maybe make a trip down to, you know, the uh, the big, big, you know, Big Ten. I mean, it's that's what they do all season long. They travel a lot to take a peek at players and but now, no one expected this. I think it really does uh, throw a different, uh, definitely a big challenge, a different challenge to, to, to the Jazz and the rest of the NBA. Well, Bowler, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. You bet. Tell Joe Hay a okay. cup, uh, cup of coffee. I know he's coming up. I'll be listening. All right. Thanks, Bowler. See you guys. See you soon.
Joe Ingles is coming up in about 20 minutes. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. It's time to showcase those that are helping all of us through these difficult times. This is a partner profile on the Zone Sports Network. DJ, PK, and time to talk now with Jake Burt, co-owner of Burt Brothers. Jake, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How we doing? We're doing well. We're doing well. So, Burt Brothers, with everything changing and people driving less, they're still driving. So, people are still buying tires. Maybe not at the rate they were, but people still buying tires. You still got all your locations rolling? All the locations are running, open, same hours, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. We've really just gone over the top during this whole pandemic here to uh, make it available for you for contactless drop-offs, valet services, really the whole thing. You can do everything from your home on the computer on BurtBrothers.com to buy your tires, to get your oil changed, to get your car diagnosed for runnability issues or what have you, get it checked in so we can get it down to our locations, our shops closest to you, and, and take care of you. Jake, uh, name me the best neighbor that you've had who's ever lived on your block in any of the blocks you've ever lived on? You know, you might know him. You know, he has the uh, your same initials right there. <laughs> you know, Pad, right there. You know, I, those were the great days right there, being your neighbor, PK. That was awesome. So Paul Kincaid, Paul Kincaid is a really good guy, huh? Paul, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great author or uh, artist right there. Yeah. <laughs> no, life is good. We miss you guys. Jake and I go back to the point that Jake's wife – on one given day, DJ, had not one, had not two, but three children on the same day. Jake Burke has triplets. How about that? I thought you were, thought you were going LeBron there for a minute. I didn't well, know so did I with his wife there. Fortunately, she stopped at three. <laughs> yeah, that put an end to that for sure right there. When you outgrow your house, your car, and your income with one pregnancy, like uh, it's a game over right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we had good and uh, good times in Sandy right there. So now you moved to a deluxe apartment in the sky high, high up on the east side? <laughs> oh, not not quite right there, but we, we outgrew our little starter home right there for yeah. sure. But uh, life was good. <laughs> you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned the valet stuff with Burt Brothers. So how does that work with vehicle pickup and delivery? What do you do? Oh my gosh, this is so great. You know, uh, first of all, you can set it all up online and you can call us in. We can send us an email. I mean, we really on any platforms uh, or social media channels, you can uh, get it uh, set up, but we'll come pick up your vehicle, you know, so you can just leave the keys in it, in your driveway. Um, and then we'll do the service, whatever you need. We will text you a link to pay 
you know, through your text message, your phone, um, and then we'll bring the car back to you and all sanitized, wiped down. Uh, you know, we take all the precautions. We have steering wheel covers, floor mats, seat covers, mask, gloves, you know, whatever we need to keep you safe. Uh, we are following all those protocols to do that kind of stuff and you know, keep you safe. And yeah, and then that's it. Drop it back off at the office, you know, while you're working. Um, you know, we also have too, if it's just easier for you to just to drop off the vehicle, we have our shuttle services and stuff too, that are completely sanitized and everything too. We'll take you to the office, take you back home, uh, you know, get you back to your day so you can get your work done. So basically Jake, it's never been easier to get your car serviced by Burr brothers than it is now. It's so true. It's so true. And then you can take advantage of all the sales going on, the rebates on tires, you know, our already low prices on our services that we do. Um, if you have a Burt Brothers credit card, um, that is the biggest discount out there, too. That takes $10 off your oil change every time you use it. It takes 5% off labor uh, for any of those brake jobs or service jobs that you need to do. Uh, it doubles rebates on, um, you know, the tires that you may be buying. Uh, and then even today, right now, we've extended this. So usually you have to spend $149 on that card to get six months no interest you know but right now during these times if you spend a dollar you charge one dollar you can or just your oil change or whatever you can do six months no interest so if that'll help you in these trying times on the burt brothers card on approved credit we can take care of you make it really easy all right so uh on your way out the door hit us up with uh website phone numbers how do people get a hold of burt brothers yeah, the easiest way to get a hold of us is burtbrothers.com. You know, has all the locations, has all of our services that we offer right there. Uh, totally take care of you. Has all our our promotions that we're currently going on, so you can take advantage of uh, our phone numbers to get a hold of us are right there on that website. And we're here to take care of you. We really appreciate uh, uh, you guys reaching out to us today, letting us chat about our business. You know, we're going on 30 years in, in business here in Utah, and family-owned and operated. Uh, me and my brothers and my cousins were in the stores every day. Uh, my dad and Ron are still heavily involved and uh, are just grateful for our friendships and the business that we made throughout these years, and we're here to take care of Utah. Jake, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Hey, you guys are great. Have a great day. Appreciate you guys. Stay safe. Take care, PK. DJ. All right, Jake. See you. See you, Jake. Jake Burt, co-owner of Burt Brothers. DJ and PK. Joe Ingles is coming up next.